welcome back to Grid Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective. The Disciple is not with us, but we have Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. Gentlemen, how are you, D.P.? What is going on? You guys ready? Today we're talking... QBs and tight ends, the onesie positions heading into the 2018 fantasy season. But let's get some salutations. We haven't talked in two weeks now. DP, how you doing? Great. Feeling great. Got my coffee ready to go. Oh, man. Football season, baby. It, it's. I think the Patriots' first preseason game is tonight. Yeah, tonight, Thursday night, preseason action kicking off. I know one person who's ecstatic about preseason football, and that's got to be Mo Nuwara. Mo is ready for fake football. I don't know if I can't even remember the last time I watched half of a preseason game. What about the third game? Are you at all interested in the third game of preseason? That's the most real one, right? The fourth game yeah. is the woat. Yeah, the fourth game is the woat. Yeah. I keep I mean, seeing all these articles out there that are like, oh, you know, sharp betters can take advantage of preseason games. And then all I instantly think about is Mo. So now I'm very surprised that Mo doesn't actually watch preseason. There's My a- strategy betting preseason is just to bet underdogs because who the hell is a favorite in a preseason game? Another one is quarterbacks. Teams that we know they have a pulse on the bench. Like the, the Packers are a good example. Like Kaiser's not amazing, but we know that he has a pulse. He's not one of these just random guys that's going to go out there and fling the ball around. Uh, and I think people are telling me that there's DFS money to be made in preseason as well. That I, I could definitely see. Yeah, because there's, there's just there's some talented roster, some guys that are just toiling as you know wide receiver fives or wide receiver sixes, or there's injuries as well that the public doesn't know about. So. Let's say like the seventh string wide receiver is just going to have to play three quarters tonight just because the depth chart is kind of in a mess for a certain team. If you're really paying attention, you can keep tabs on that. But Joe Public, that's just going to fire a DFS match tonight, is just going to pick names that he knows. So. so I guess there's some edges to be had if you are interested and uh, you're toiling through the depth charts and grinding the Roto World updates, but we are going to give you a preview of two positions, the onesie positions, as I noted, QB and tight end, going into the fantasy season, and we put them together because they are so similar. Being singular positions in most fantasy football leagues, they do not have as much scarcity as the other two main positions being running back and receiver, so the general strategy for both positions are pretty much the same. There are a couple elite guys that you can, if you want to, reach up and grab. Then there's the middle tier that normally gets drafted higher than it should. And then there's the third tier, which is pretty much everybody else, uh, which then get drafted in the later rounds. And I'm assuming, knowing the strategies of the gentleman on this podcast, that we'll be looking for some of those later round targets to scoop up. And if we do not have any success, then these two positions are positions that you can stream Uh, throughout the season and by streaming I mean basically pick up a new starter every single week now obviously streaming becomes more difficult the sharper your league is and more active your teams are on the waiver wire but in your traditional friends and family kids you grew up with and went to high school with fantasy leagues there's going to be some great opportunities for you to grab guys throughout the season to play quarterback and tight end on the wire so just generally 
I don't think any of my co-hosts are going to be spending a lot of draft capital when they give us QBs and tight ends they like. But we shall see. And we will start with the quarterback position. And I'm going to start with DP. And we'll, we'll go overvalued first. We'll start negative on this one. I know, DP, you're not a negative guy. But I, I sent you ADPs for both, average draft position, that is, for Yahoo and ESPN. I kind of put them together so there's a, a uh, combined ADP. Uh, so, DP, which quarterback do you think is being drafted too high thus far? <laughs> Come on, man. That's Tom Brady, and it's not even close. Wow. Brady is going mid-fourth round on average. I mean, that's just too high for a 41-year-old quarterback that would rather spend time picking up his kids from school and riding camels in the desert. I mean, Tom Brady just doesn't seem that interested in football this year. I know we've constantly had debates, Brady or Rodgers, Brady or Rodgers, on this podcast. I know where you guys stand. You all know where I stand. I'm a Brady guy. I do think he is the best of all time. That said, I will acknowledge that in terms of talent, Aaron Rodgers has more talent, but it's not all about just straight Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? How can one be better and be less talented? I'm not talking about like the career, on the field performance. That sort of stuff is what I'm saying when I'm saying best of all time. Like you can be really talented but never perform. Like Josh Gordon is really talented. Is he the best wide receiver of all time? So wait no. a minute. So we've been having the argument. I'm saying greatest of all time. Like this person, if the aliens came and we needed someone to play quarterback, it would be Aaron Rodgers. You're saying most accomplished of all time. I think uh, he's saying no, higher saying, in the heart rankings. Yeah, there it is. That's part of it. Yes, that is definitely part of it. That's what I was going to get into now. But I'm, you know, I'm also saying like like preparation goes into it, all that sort of stuff, like on the field mental ability in terms of like switching plays up at the line and knowing defenses and all that sort of stuff. If if I'm in like a, a have to win situation, I'm going to pick Tom Brady at this point versus Aaron Rodgers. That's my personal preference. I will not fault you for picking Aaron Rodgers. I just won't pick Aaron Rodgers. That said, I think that Brady has always gotten the edge up where he lacks in talent. Rich, I know you're like, you know, King Tom Brady is average. Um, he's made up for that lack of talent by his preparation and his studying and all that sort of stuff. And when he's not doing that in the offseason, I don't see Tom Brady being the same Tom Brady. As soon as Jimmy G left the building, Tom Brady became a 41-year-old dad instead of a 41-year-old quarterback. And I am not drafting that guy in the mid-fourth round. Probably not drafting him at all. So you've got the Google, go Google Doc brought up i can see both of you viewing it as i look at it as you noted tom brady on espn he's going mid third yahoo mid fifth that averages out to mid fourth some of those guys going after him a lot of running backs and receivers or any of those guys wh which of those guys if you're not taking brady in that spot are you more keen to select in that fourth fifth round area any of them <laughs> i know i you're mean not. really uh, it's just any of them tom brady always goes he always, I feel like the, the ESPN average round is a little bit more uh, accurate as where he usually goes, at least in all the drafts that I'm in. He always seems to go super, super high. That could also be largely the drafts that I play in terms of season long are New England people, and they just totally uh, overvalue him. But I'm happy trying to get a really good wide receiver, a really good running back at that position to fill out the rest of my roster when I, you know, like we have talked about many times in this podcast before, I subscribe to just waiting till the later rounds to snag a QB anyway. So I'm certainly not going to reach for what I think is an overvalued Tom Brady. So the, the five players going right after him in this combined ADP of ESPN and Yahoo, Golden Tate, Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis, the rookie running back for the racial slurs, Alshon Jeffrey, and Alex 
Collins. I might avoid those running backs that you just mentioned and stick to those that group of wide receivers uh, that are after him. So if you want to extend a little bit, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh Gordon, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, uh, even Marvin Jones Jr. I think all of those wide receivers uh, offer really good options as opposed to Tom Brady, especially if you're going to go in a PPR league, even a half PPR league. I can't wait to watch the ADP of Juice skyrocket after his hard knocks performance. Mo, your turn. Give us a quarterback you think is being overdrafted right now heading into the 2018 season. First of all, I have to say, uh, man, I'm shockingly in agreement with Donnie on a lot of what he just said. It's although, a new year, baby. New year. Although, although a lot of those names don't excite me, I still think I would rather have most yeah, of them than Brady. For right? sure. Um, a guy I think is being overdrafted. This is going to connect a little bit back with our last podcast. It's Scam Newton. Um, he's coming off the two least efficient years of his career and going into this year, I'm not optimistic at all about the fit with new offensive coordinator, Norv Turner. We know Turner, we know his philosophy. He swears by the short pass. The short pass does not play into scam strength. Uh, he is much better when throwing downfield. That's when his superior arm strength. Uh, and athleticism moving around in the pocket to uh, let guys get a little bit more open downfield. That type of stuff uh, does not play into the short game that North Turner likes to do. He wants accuracy. Scam, not known for his accuracy. Furthermore, he's going to be playing behind a brutal offensive line. Um, the best weapons on the team are at tight end and running back, which, again, does not play to his strengths. Uh, you know, there's a relatively fantasy playoff friendly schedule because he gets two teams in domes and the Browns during the fantasy playoffs, but where he's going around close to a top 50 pick, uh, I'd rather have the guys going around him. The QBs picked near him are Wentz, Breeze, and Cousins, and the latter two, you can get them at 25 and 40 picks after scam so yeah give me those guys and if you don't want scam the position players are going after him it's a pair of running backs pair of rookie running backs Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny a few picks later is Lamar Miller then it's Mark Ingram if you want to stomach that four game suspension so a bunch of running backs coming off the board after him and yeah this is the biggest issue here is that it would be one thing if there was a coordinator going in that had a history of taking guys and creating a scheme based upon their strengths. But Norv Turner is of the old guard. Norv Turner is of the, this is my strategy, and I'm going to get these players to play my strategy. <laughs> and I'm going to try to fit square pegs into round holes. And if that's the case, then yeah, Cam Newton, this could be a disastrous season for him because, as you noted, his accuracy has never been his strong suit. We just saw... Uh, Kelvin Benjamin come out of the Bills and kind of shred Cam for his lack of accuracy. And being that Cam has his best targets at the tight end and running back position with Olsen and McCaffrey, it, it just not it's not setting up to be the type of season that, that we're used to seeing from Cam throwing the ball downfield. The one thing that could be Cam's saving grace, of course, is his running ability. Those extra points that we get from him running and the six point touchdowns. Most leagues that you'll play in are 
four-point passing touchdowns, whereas he'll get the full six for running it in. So maybe that's his saving grace. But definitely, as a mid-fifth-round pick, uh, I'm not a massive fan either. I'm going to keep it in the mid-fifth round with my quarterback selection as well. He's also a guy that can get it done on the ground, and I'm, I'm going to add a second player to this, but my main focus is on Deshaun Watson right now. I, I cannot see myself using a fifth-round pick on Deshaun Watson. I understand that he was electric last year, and on top of that, according to Sharp Football, that the Texans have one of the easiest schedules in the league, and he can take advantage of that. I just can't trust a guy coming off of a torn ACL to come back and perform at that exact same level in year two and to use this much draft capital on it. A fifth-round pick to me is just its too high to invest in the quarterback position when I know that I can stream it. And uh, like Mo just said, even if I want to quote-unquote reach and take a quarterback, I think I'm more interested in someone like Breeze, especially considering last year uh, his touchdown uh, rate was was so low. They ran in so many touchdowns with Ingram and Kamara, which is something that is is likely to regress. regress. One with with Ingram being lost for a quarter of the season, uh, and Kamara being more of a passing pass catching running back. You'd expect uh, the passing touchdowns to go up at least during that first quarter of the season. And then naturally, the Saints pass so frequently, even in the red zone, that I think that touchdown rate is going to rise. So if I'm so inclined to take a quarterback in the mid rounds. I think it's also going to be uh, Drew Brees. I, I, can, I can't gamble this much with a fifth-round pick on Watson. And I'll say the same right now as we record this on August the 9th. I can't see myself spending a early sixth-round pick on Carson Wentz either. Uh, Carson Wentz will not play a single game in the preseason. Uh, that Those are the rumblings coming out of Eagles camp on Thursday. And with Nick Foles just walking through the playoffs and winning... Super Bowl MVP, I don't know what the big rush is to bring Carson Wentz back to start at all. If Nick Foles can operate this system in the most crucial games last last season, why can't he play in September? You know, why can't they just make sure that when Wentz returns, he's at full health? So until we get news that Carson Wentz will be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in week one, I don't think you can even consider using a six-round pick on him. That's just me. Anybody pro Watson? DP, are you pro Watson? He gets first week. He gets a juicy matchup against your New England Patriots. DP. Well, shocker! I'm pro Watson, pro Wentz, and pro Cam Newton. So uh, so much for, so much for all the agreeing that we were doing to, uh, <laughs> ten minutes ago. I don't know. I just think it's too much. It's too much draft capital for me. DP. Totally agree with you, Rich. That was going to be. He was the first name that popped uh, into my head when I was looking at this. Uh, these rankings. I was ready to come uh, on here and spit a flaming hot take about Watson until I was reading up on how easy. I mean, their schedule's really easy. The yeah, Texans. that's the thing. It is easy. Um, you know, but at the same time, my only can we really expect never... this guy to stay healthy behind that line? Like, isn't isn't Deshaun Watson twenty eighteen? Derek Carr of 2017, like guy who had amazing season and then just gets completely overdrafted the next season. Isn't that what's happening here? This is way higher than anybody ever drafted Carr, isn't it? I, I thought Carr was a fourth rounder. I can I can check. DP was going to say something. DP, you go. I'll check. I'm just saying that, you know, as much as I can say I'm a fan of Watson, Wentz, and Newton to disagree with you guys a little bit, I'm also fully aware that I'm likely never going to take these guys because I'm never drafting a QB this early so it's 
kind of a moot point or a moot argument for me to start making and try and stand up on a hill over here and, de- and defend these guys. I, I, I just like what I saw from all of them in terms of Cam Newton, just going back to what Mo talked about. Uh, I mean, call me Mr. Positive, but I think the Nor- North Turner injection and the Mike Shula uh, getting out of there could be a positive for him. I understand North Turner's scheme isn't exactly uh, molded to best fits uh, Cam Newton style, but I think a change of scenery can be good. I think that things have gotten a bit stale over there, especially just, I mean, Ron Rivera is as stale as they come. That guy's just plain old Greek yogurt. I mean, I can't, I can't get behind old <laughs> Riverboat Ron at all. So I just... I like Cam's weapons. I think he brings a lot to the table. Obviously, there's always a question mark in terms of uh, what he does with turning the ball over. But like Rich said, he can certainly make up for it with his legs and getting in the end zone, um, rushing the ball in certain situations. So I'm, I'm a fan of Cam this year. Plain old Greek yogurt. And you were right, Mo. He was going, Derek Carr, that is, as an early seventh rounder. So, yeah, this is nuts, guys. Deshaun Watson in the fifth is a hard pick. And if the schedule wasn't as easy as it is, I'd be happily, I'd happily go on record and say that taking Deshaun Watson in the fifth round of the 2018 fantasy draft might possibly be one of the worst selections of all time. I'm a little bit questionable on Russell Wilson. I understand Russ always gets it done and he always has the numbers, but what the hell does he have in Seattle for that in offense? You know what? You know what's going to be interesting for Seattle this year, particularly on the offensive side. This might be the year where. Uh, so Russell Wilson comes into the year and is adopted onto a great defense and is kind of in charge of protecting the ball. And as Russell Wilson's become great, that defense has deteriorated. This might be the year when the Seahawks live in negative game script and Russell Wilson is just throwing the ball all over the field. But then we got Schottenheimer, who's just not a guy who's going to do that. Like this in should, that offensive line. Like this should be the year that Russell Wilson is like top three in pass attempts because the Hawks defense could be really bad or at least regress to more of a league average type. But it's just with that O line and with that O offense coordinator, I just don't see it happening. So yeah, I, Russell Wilson in the fifth as well is going before Watson and Newton is a questionable selection as well. Let's get positive and we'll go in. Reverse order, so I will lead things off. This is a guy. This is a guy. This is a guy. This player is somebody we have shit on. Everybody in the podcast. All four members of the podcast, including yours truly. Uh, He's currently going in the middle of the 11th round on ESPN. In the beginning of the 14th round. I didn't even know there were 14 rounds. 14th round on Yahoo. Guys, it's Eli Manning. And I know that the season starts off rough. They start at home against Jacksonville, my beloved Jacksonville Jaguars, who just shredded last year, won the division. But if we're going to be taking Odell Beckham Jr. in the first round, Saquon Barkley in the first round, if Evan Ingram is going to be the fifth or sixth tight end off the board, if Sterling Shepard is going to be a mid-round guy that we like, if all these skill position players are going to be drafted early in your fantasy leagues, how can we not be looking at the guy who will be delivering them the football and trying to get them on our roster? I mean, 14th round on Yahoo is laughable. The the late uh, 
12 or 11, whatever I said, whatever I said for, for ESPN is, is just as bad. Like, if we are to think that these skill position players are going to be fine, we have to like Eli as well. And I'm, I was really impressed at what I saw from the Vikings last year in terms of passing attack, and that was led by then-offensive coordinator and new head coach for the New York Giants, Pat Shermer. So as much as I hate Eli, as much as he throws some head-scratchers, I think he is a great candidate for somebody that you can get late in your draft and through at least the first quarter of the season is somebody who you can ride out and get a bunch of points from. DP resident Eli, Eli hater, as much as all of us are. What do you got to say about that? Rich, you are the man. Eli Manning's the pick here. The, he's what I. This is it's unreal to see this him drafted this low. Like you said, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram had an amazing rookie season. I mean, it, they're going to have a really good running back this year, and they they cannot fucking be worse than they were last year. There's no way. There's no way they can be any worse than they were last year. They're only going to get better. I, I mean, and Eli's experience, I mean, he's, yes, he's not the best, and we've ripped on him, certainly, plenty of times. But come on, guys. Eli Manning is, he's a pretty solid quarterback. And some of these quarterbacks going ahead of him on this this ADP are just laughable. Sorry, Mo, but Patrick Mahomes, what the hell is Patrick Mahomes? Do we even know? Well, how is he going so far ahead of uh, Eli Manning? I, I don't see it. I don't get it. I mean, people just really must hate Eli Manning, and I would love to pick up Eli Manning later on in the draft for any of my season-long teams. I mean, people are clicking Dak Prescott before Eli Manning. Yeah, what is Dak Prescott? He throws the ball 12 times a game. And who is he throwing to? No Witten, no Dez. He's throwing to Alan Hearns, WR1. Like, that's a disaster. This Cowboys passing attack is going to be horrifying. (laughs) unbelievably bad. I was thinking as a predominantly PPR player, like why aren't why doesn't why wouldn't Cole Beasley catch 150 balls this year? He's the only warm body on that team. 150 catches for 900 yards. <laughs> exactly. He's going to have the the Jarvis season. It's unbelievable this passing attack. Mo, what do you think about Eli? I think he's I think he's a decent flyer there, uh to be honest, but uh, well should I just roll into my pick? Yeah, go for it. Because what are you, Donnie's dumping on Patrick Mahomes. What's this up? is the pick. What's up, Mahomes? Put your put your Homer hat on. Uh, look at this. He's going a- around 120th overall. So you're getting him basically for free. He's the 16th QB off the board. So he's not even being taken as a starter. Look at this KC defense, you guys. It's going to be trash. Okay, Chiefs are going to be in a ton of shootouts. Um, the biggest concern here is definitely the offensive line. But this guy has all the talent, and you know, you know Andy Reid. If there's one thing he's going to do, it's put his quarterback in position to succeed. And there's really nice weapons all around. He's got Tyreek Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, and Hunt. So no shortage of weapons, solid coaching behind him. And you're getting him for free. He's got the talent to be one of the top QBs in the league. Um, the schedule is overall pretty favorable. They do have the Jags and the Chargers in the first five weeks. But other than that, <clears throat> it's very beatable heading into um, like around week 11 when they play the Rams. It starts to get a little tougher. So um, you might need to maybe make a pivot 
later in the season if he's going to be hitting a rookie wall against some tough defenses. But, you know, worry about that when you come to it. There's so much value in Mahomes here. Guys, this is an Andy Reid offense. Come on. And Spencer Ware, you have to You're add insane. in there as well. I think the Mahomes pick is fine. I was worried that Mahomes was going to... And, and this is one of those things where, again, we're doing this August 9th. The first preseason games are this week. And Mahomes is a candidate for a player that is going to, you know, have their draft value by the time people are drafting, right? Like, if Mahomes comes out and shits on people in this preseason, like... Why you know he all of a sudden he's going in the the eighth round seventh round I don't I don't yeah, see isn't that what we've seen already he shit on people last year he threw a couple great deep balls and now he's like the fucking next coming of Aaron Rodgers have you watched him throw the ball yeah. bruh he can yeah who cares <laughs> I, I like the bruh he he can flick he he can he can flick a ball and, and it go a mile so it's uh but man I, part of me just wants to discredit Holmes but his situation is so damn good. Like so many weapons, such great coaching, such I, a bad defense. This defense is going to be really bad. This is not you put in a rookie quarterback, you bring him along slow. The Chiefs are going to need to score a lot of points. And every team in the West, the AFC West, is going to be up tempo offense. I think like all these offenses are competent as hell. As much as you want to hate on Gruden, like the Raiders should be able to move the ball. Right, they have competence all over the field, so all, all those West games should be super competitive and pretty high scoring as well. As a matter of fact, I don't hate Derek Carr as well. Just just for the fact that everybody, again, including myself, has been dumping on Gruden and some of the things he said, his philosophy. Let's bring back 1998 football, but like by low man, there's there, there's a world where Carr, Cooper. Nelson and Martavis is like an awesome offense. Like that, that world does exist. Will it happen? I don't know. Uh, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. DP, you agree with my Eli take. Do you have any other receiver or quarterback? Sorry, you want to add? Negative. My Eli was my guy, man. I was ready to fucking stand on a mountain and scream about him, but you did it for me. <laughs> I did not stand on a mountain. All right, then let's move on to the tight end position. And again, we will start negative unfortunately and dp you will lead us off again give us a tight end you think is being overdrafted right now heading into the season i mean i I, honestly i don't see anything too crazy in terms of the tight ends um but rob gronkowski i mean let's just stick with the fact that i'm just gonna be dumping all over the patriots all season long as they go to 10 and 6 and barely squeak into the playoffs but i mean gronkowski to me is just going a little too high for my liking only a tad um, you know, I'd bump him down to maybe a third or a second or sorry, a third or a fourth versus a, a second where he's going right now. I just going along the lines of, you know, lack of receiving options, allow him to get doubled better. He, like Tom Brady, was avoiding a lot of the offseason workouts. There was that whole, do I want to play? Do I want to retire? Am I going to be a pro wrestler or a movie star? I mean, who knows if his head's really in it? I just I'm going to temper my expectations on Gronkowski going into the season, and I'm certainly not going to be drafting him. Uh, in the second round, like he's been going in a lot of drafts. This anti-Patriots thing's getting annoying. Sorry, man. I only speak the truth. I call it as I see it. <laughs> Mo, I can't even turn to you because you are the most anti-Gronk guy ever. You are anti-injury. You are so scared that Gronk is just going to fall down and die during the NFL season. Yeah, I agree with Donnie. Um, obviously, 
Gronk could have huge value, you know, late second round or wherever he's being picked. But this guy's started 20 games the past two years. I mean, and he's just getting older. I mean, can you really rely on him? I don't know. I feel like Kelsey and Ertz are a little better bets at the top of the board. They might not quite have his ceiling, but they definitely have a much better floor. Yeah, their floors are not the seventh layer of hell. (laughs) All right, Mo, your turn. Get negative. What tight end are you fading? You guys probably already even know this one, honestly. Um, God, I just don't understand the love for Jimmy Graham. That makes two of us. He had a obviously great year last year. It was entirely touchdown-based. Um, he caught for 520 yards with by far the lowest efficiency of his career. Um and he's being taken as the fourth or fifth tight end off the board? Uh, I don't think so. But what do you mean and, you don't understand? It's I think it's pretty easy why people are... No, I don't agree with them, but I mean, it's the Aaron Rodgers effect, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but that's one of the things is like Rodgers, he's never really targeted tight ends that much. Um, and the thing that's really damning about the whole Jimmy Graham, I mean, if he just had a poor season, it's whatever, you know, that happens. But the eye test completely matched everything that was happening on the field. He looks horrible. He can't move. Um, the schedule for the Packers is quite difficult. Uh, six of their first seven and nine of the first, or nine of their 13 opponents in the fantasy regular season overall um, rank in the top half of the league according to uh, Sharp Football's schedules. And yeah, I would just much rather have. Olsen, Ingram, and and uh, Delaney Walker, which are the, the three tight ends being drafted right around Jimmy Graham, uh, they may not quite have as many opportunities as him, but I'm just much more of a believer in their talent level. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers argument for Jimmy Graham went out the window when you drafted your Michael Finley and when you drafted Jermaine, uh, Jared Cook, right? Like all these guys that we thought were going to go to Green Bay and put up some numbers, and evident, and ultimately did not. There are some things going in Graham's favor. One of them is Jordy being gone. The other is uh, the current injury situation to Randall Cobb. So there's a lot of targets to be had in this offense. The third one is that the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers on the field, he threw 115 balls in the red zone and had 33 red zone touchdowns, 33 red zone touchdowns in 2016. So if there's a team that's just going to get into the area of the field where Jimmy Graham can win, just box somebody out and make a catch, it is the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. All of that being said, I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to throw 30 red zone touchdowns again this year. Most quarterbacks are usually in the low 20s, mid 20s if they're having a great season. So by taking Jimmy Graham where he's going, and I'm in total agreement with Mo here, you are praying that they get all these red zone opportunities that they previously had and that they funnel those targets to Jimmy Graham. He is like most tight ends. Most tight ends are, to be fair, touchdown dependent. But Jimmy Graham's inability to just even move between the 20s. Like this guy can't, what, what his skill set used to be was run a seam route 
catch the ball and turn up field and run past everybody or jump over people. And that's just something he's he's nowhere near doing. So you are completely relying on one, the Packers getting to the red zone frequently, and then two, them funneling their targets to Jimmy Graham in the red zone. And that is just way too much to ask for for where he is going in the draft. So that's my Jimmy Graham take as well. He was my overdrafted tight end. So let's get positive. I, I don't have very many numbers to back this one up. This is just basically uh, when when I'm taking my late round tight ends, I'm just kind of trying to create a story. And with this gentleman, the story is really not that difficult because we saw a ton of it last year. Uh, it, it's somebody that we, we jokingly uh, mispronounce their name because it sounds like an NBA player. And it's, uh, it's George Kittle. I, I can't believe Kittle, it, despite looking like a pro last year and looking like he had a connection with Jimmy Garoppolo towards the latter end of the season. And with all the hype that Jimmy G is getting, I can't believe Kittle is going in the 12th round on ESPN and the middle of the 10th round in Yahoo. He is the perfect throw a dart at the tight end. Uh, what will this offense look like? Uh, we don't know. We, we, we kind of think that Marquise Goodwin will have the same type of role as he had last year. Obviously, again, we saw Kittle in this role, but there's Garcon who's stepping in. Uh, there is uh, the rookie from Washington, uh, sca- that is whose name is escaping me uh, briefly. And then, of course, the big free agent signing, Jerick McKinnon. Uh, when when somebody who has a past of throwing the ball to Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman as frequently as Kyle Shanahan, you would expect that some targets are going to be going McKinnon's way. But... Overall, it's an offense that is kind of a blank canvas, although we know what Kittle can do and the type of relationship he had with Jimmy G. So in the double-digit rounds, you need a tight end. I think Kittle is definitely a way, a person that you can select. Mo, what do you think about Kerry Kittles? Yeah, I mean, somebody is going to, well, plenty of somebody's should have plenty of catches in this offense. And it's definitely hard to see like any anybody really taking command and and emerging as a top guy here. So uh, I think he's definitely a decent flyer. Give me a tight end that you've circled that you want to talk about as being underdrafted. Uh, I also looked at a couple of late round flyers. Both of mine are in the NFC or AFC North. Uh, first one is something called Hayden Hurst. The Ravens drafted him in the first round. I doubt they drafted him in the first round so that he could sit behind something called Nick Boyle and another something called Max Williams, who actually was drafted pretty high, but Max, did not seem to... Max with two X's. Don't, yeah, don't, don't hate on the two X's. not have been able to crack the rotation so far. Uh, Baltimore's offense... It should be a hell of a lot better. It was their passing offense, especially, was a complete disaster last last year. We know how bad Flacco is, um, but there are actually weapons here, and we also know Flacco loves to check it down. So, something called Hayden Hurst um, drafted around pick two hundred. If you're in a PPR league, I think it's worth a shot there. Something Hayden Hurst. And the Ravens traditionally love the tight end position. Flacco as well, traditionally. Loves his backs, loves his tight ends, so could be funneling some targets there. 
Right. And then my other one, just real quick, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Yikes. Back from the dead. Two healthy seasons out of five. So you definitely, definitely, definitely cannot rely on him. Only do this if you're drafting somebody else or some uh, take another flyer or two or have one solid guy. But he's got, they face a decent slate of early defenses. He looks like he should be like, decent for them in their favor. Uh, he should easily be at least tied for the number two weapon on the team. Um, I mean, this guy was a like top five tight end a couple years ago, and now you can get him basically for free in like the 12th round uh, being drafted behind something called Njoku. So give Tyler Eifert a shot uh, if you've got a pick to burn late. Eifert, former first-round dynasty pick, just toiling on my bench. Thank God for Delaney Walker, one of the most efficient tight ends over the last couple of years in Tennessee. DP, let's get positive. Give us a tight end you think is being underdrafted currently. I circled a couple names, uh, one of which was George Kittle. Rich, agree with you there. Uh, second of which uh, was um, Tyler Eifert. Um, just, but the injury thing worries me, so I'm not going to go crazy. Uh, I wanted to circle Hayden Hurstmo, but it's the fucking Ravens, and I just can't do that, so I avoided it. And then the other guy that I was looking at is higher up on the board and somebody that I've always loved, and that's Greg Olson. I think he deserves to be a little bit higher. Um Going back to how I opened this up, I don't, I didn't see a ton of moving in terms of where I would be drafting these guys. Um, so I think bumping Greg Olson up around is worth it to me, just given how high he is. T- to me, Greg Olson in the new offense, he's going to have to be a big part of it, knowing North Turner's scheme. If it's going to be shorter passes, Greg Olson's that guy. I think that this guy is supremely talented. Yes, he is a little bit older and he's coming off an injury, but I just consider him a total freak of nature and he performs every single year. I think he's in the conversation uh, with the Ertz, the Kelseys, just up there. I mean, if, if they're in A, he's a B in whatever tier you're putting them in. And I really like Greg Olson this year. I think people are going to be sleeping on him a little bit, which is why his average draft position is a little bit lower. Uh, so give me some Olsen, and uh, I will draft him a little bit higher than where he's going if I have the opportunity and need it. I mean, he is one of the only warm bodies in that offense, you know? like, And he's been a machine. Yeah. Look, at last year's injury was his only injury, like, almost ever. And if you look at his numbers, I mean, they're right there with – the Ertz, the Kelsey's. I mean, even Gronkowski. Gronkowski does put up a lot more touchdowns and gets a lot more hype, but Gronkowski's on the field for 12 games a year. So, yeah, Olsen's yeah. biggest downside has always been touchdowns. And that that is a common theme for most Carolina skills position players because of Cam's running ability and his the amount of touchdowns that he himself has vultured in the red zone. So, that has always been Cam's downside. But especially in a PPR league, Greg Olsen has been fantasy gold for what feels like a decade now. So that's tight ends and quarterbacks. Uh, Preseason football starts tonight. Mo, I know you said you don't watch a lot. Uh, So I'm going to ask you guys uh, a question, and Mo, I'll let you go second. Uh, So we've got the games on tonight. We're obviously not going to learn everything from these games, from this weekend, or even from this preseason. But is there something in particular that you are interested in learning? Is there a team that you want to see, a coach that you want to see, a player that you want to see? DP, is there, what are you looking forward to in the preseason? Well, the Patriots do play tonight. One of the players I was really looking forward to seeing was Sonny Michel, but he's now like out. 
and I'm like pissed off because they just wasted a first round pick on this guy and we're not going to get to see him. I mean, I know that you guys were fairly high on him uh, going into the season um, just after the draft and stuff. But now with this knee thing, he had a knee thing going before. It was always a question mark. Now he had to get some fluid drained out of it and it took a procedure and he might not be ready till the start of the season. So that's questionable for me. Um, I mean, I want to, obviously the homer in me wants to see if this receiving core in new England can do anything. Um, just, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, but other than that, I mean, Rich, I want to see who scores the most points in my whatever the fuck yeah. fantasy league that we're in. That's what I'm interested in the most because I could care less about preseason. Let's be honest. So I am starting a crazy dynasty league that even Mo did not want to be a part of. It's a 16-team dynasty, and the way that we are choosing the draft order for the startup draft is 16 teams. We gave each owner two NFL teams, and uh, we, whoever scores the most points in the first two weeks of preseason... That'll be the draft order. So we have we'll have some anxious individuals watching these fake football games for the draft order. Mo, what about you? What are you what are you looking forward to learning, seeing in the preseason? Well, are we gonna get to see Andrew Luck throw a ball? That would interest me greatly. Um also, of course, anytime Mahomes is on, just get out the Kleenex boxes <laughs> and the uh and the lube. The Stan Marsh uh, JPEG. Yeah, uh, I'm fairly certain that Andrew Luck has been cleared for all preseason activities, which include playing in these games. So we will see number 12 under center. Finally. And you guys know what I'm interested in seeing. Andrew Luck to start Colts preseason opener. You already know what I'm looking forward to. Sam Darnold. Jeremy Curley time. In Buffalo, no, of course it's Sam Darnold. Uh, there was, uh, I, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where uh, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, I'm, I'm eating up the propaganda. I know, I, I know. Sorry for the fuzziness, by the way, fans. Uh, some technical difficulties that we're working through, but I, I know it's propaganda. I know what they're feeding me is state-run television. Yet. I, you know, in Clockwork Orange, when they make him sit in the theater and they like pluck, they like force his eyes open uh, to watch all this propaganda that they're putting on the screen to kind of just mess with his brain. I'm actually opening my eyeballs myself. Like I'm forcing myself to watch this propaganda and I'm eating it all up. I love Sam Darnold. I love everything I've seen. And uh, I'm absolutely arms open, ready for my heart to be shredded to pieces when this guy is terrible. Your Jets optimism is annoying. <laughs> it's annoying me because I know, I know, I've been through the story. I know how it ends. I know the ending. I've watched the story many times. It is not this is a great. I'm I'm overly pessimistic about the Patriots, and Rich is overly optimistic about the Jets. This so, is awesome. I, so I booked my flights home for Christmas, and as many people may know, my we've been season ticket holders since the early 2000s. So my dad still has a pair of tickets. And I'll be home for the Packers, Jets Packers, which is week 16. And I've already prepared myself. I've already put money aside uh, because they also play home in week 15. And if the Jets at that point have like seven or eight wins, like I'm going to change my flight and I'm going to come home so I can watch both games so I can just have my heart ripped out in person twice. I can't wait. It's going to be a great Christmas, guys. 
No support? None whatsoever. You're going to be I'm, wearing a Rodgers jersey at that Week 16 game. <laughs> I'm ready to see uh, if Sam Darnold keeps fumbling the ball or if that was a fluke last year. <laughs> yeah. the, the, is the one negative that keeps coming out is his pocket presence is not the best. But the guy can throw the pill, so hopefully he can learn. Although that was kind of Geno's syndrome, too. Geno could throw the wall, but man, that guy... I mean, who needs pocket presence in in pro football? (laughs) Zero awareness, so hopefully he can clean that up. Uh, Quarterbacks, tight ends in the book. We'll be back next week to talk receivers, and the week after that, talk running backs. Then one more week following that to get our final futures, and then it will be the NFL season, and we'll be delivering a Super Contest card. So stick with us here at Gridiron Gamble on Twitter. Please hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, however you get your podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. Follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters, at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Until next time, peace. Ow.